So, as I'm preparing today's thought, it's a part of me that feels as though I've covered this topic in the past, as though I've already written or in some way mentioned this. That or it's just the part of me that's resulting and reacting to having thought about this and worked through this for like two, three drafts. But as I suggest, I'm going to be going over an important issue, and that is a person's value inside the church. Now, when the Apostle Paul speaks about the body of Christ, He's talking about the collections of the collection of Christians who make up the church. And he makes clear to us that there are many parts that are all equally important. So read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 31 for the full list, for the full analogy that he gives. But the highlight is verses 18 through 25, which is what I'm going to be reading. And it says. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I do not need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I do not need you. On the contrary, these parts of the body seem to be weaker or indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that we are that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. That is first Corinthians chapter twelve, verses eighteen to twenty-five from the NIV. Now, for the past few years, I have been keeping journals from Bible studies, personal prayer times, and as well as sermon notes. And that's be- and I bring this up because I've been going through them for the purpose of growing with you guys. In the sense that I write notes for the sake of being able to look back on later and be able to share those same lessons, the things that I've learned with others. That's the whole reason we are supposed to learn. We grow so that we can help others grow. And I may be getting slightly off track one moment. Right, and I've been doing this since 2019. As I was going through my journals, I mentioned in 20, I noticed in 2019, in the July there, that I had written a question as my church was going through this subject. A similar sermon, but slightly different, you know. Chapters can You know, Bible chapters can be talked about by many different people for many different reasons. But when I read the question there, I think now that I've gone through some time since then, I'm able to better answer the question of why are people not content in their place in life, both in the church and in the life outside the church. So I think now that I've gone through some time since then, when I first wrote that question down, and I have some experience of having gone through a lot of changes, I'm able to answer both that question and the second question that I'd also written in my notes as part of the overall question, which is about how does the physical body coincide with the body of Christ, as far as analogy goes. Now, before we can go through and answer any question, we need to make sure we're asking the right question, and at the very least, understand the question. And in simple terms, I'm asking, why do people not feel content, and 
how exactly does the parallel between the body of Christ and the physical body work into this? Now, I'm willing to bet that if you've listened to Thoughts and Absolutes from a few weeks ago, or read, or read it, they know exactly what is going to be coming next. And now, say it with me, class. What do we do? We look for the definition of the word. So, contentment, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, is an adjective that is synonymous with being satisfied. And satisfied means to be pleased with what has been done or experienced, in addition to meaning having been paid in full. The third definition that we are going that we are given is being persuaded in an argument. The synonyms to contentment are happy, joyful, gratified, pleased, and among many other synonyms to help us to understand the word. A quick note, synonyms are words with similar meanings to each other. So with this understanding, a question can be phrased as why do people not feel satisfied for the place in life or in church? And I think the analogy that Paul gives us helps us when he talks about the physical body, showing how if one part of the body didn't think the other was important because there's something else, then the certain job of that one part, which was not liked but the other part, that job cannot be performed. So the more visible ones, such as hands and feet, it's easy to recognize and understand stand what they do. But we also don't die from losing a hand or a foot. We can survive without them. But if something were to happen to one of our unseen members, like say a kidney, then we wouldn't be able to filter out toxins from our body. The easily visible members of the church are the pastors, Sunday school teachers, home group leaders, worship team, and board and board members. I uh, may have missed one or two positions in that short list, but I guess my point across. And there are a lot of us who don't fit into any of those categories, so we can easily wonder, what is our place even? I understand that feeling. I've been at my new church for roughly a year. I'm still trying to figure out the specific details of my situation. But there's also a important thing to know as we're going through that meantime situation. And our place is to grow in our church to understand the scriptures so we can also help others grow when the opportunities are presented. In many Bible studies, there are times you're able to express what you have seen as you've come through your own studies in the words, as you've been researching scriptures and as you've been going from one place to the other, and the Holy Spirit leads you to cross-reference many things and combine into an understanding, those times are there for you to listen to others as they have gone through the similar process of researching the scriptures and finding out what is being said by God to us through the authors. And in that process, you're able to gather new information and grow as a Christian. Now, some of you may be wondering, isn't helping others to understand the scriptures and apply it to their lives, one of the jobs that a pastor does? And my answer is yes. But I want you to understand something, that this is one of the, the most important jobs in the church, if not the most important one. And yes, a pastor does do this, but a pastor 
has a job to be the leader of a much larger congregation than maybe a 10 people or so Bible study. That doesn't mean a that doesn't mean a pastor or preacher, minister, or whatever they're called in your congregation doesn't lead Bible studies. There are many people there are many pastors who do. But their job is to lead those who lead them as well, to be their source of guidance and to give them a idea of having someone who is above them, sort of a chain of command, so to speak. The analogy breaks down, but you get what I'm saying. The pastor is in charge of the church congregation to make sure that everything goes according to teachings of scripture, that nothing heretical or extremely inaccurate is being said. And if someone is going through a situation where they're not living a Christian life and they don't want to listen to their small group leader when they give commentary about these things, the pastor is able to be the authoritative voice and say, no, uh, your small group leader is right because of these and these scriptures. And that's, that is, and these are some of the main things that a pastor does, but there are many others. Now, I could try and keep going, give more details of situations, but we'd be here for a long time. And we are already at roughly nine minutes. This will probably be a 12, 15 minute episode. But that's why I'm going to finish by talking about something more interesting and asking you a question if you're feeling discontentment with your church or if it's a restlessness that comes from a desire to do more. There are many people who are in the church that I believe feel discontentment, or at least what they think is discontentment, because they have a part of them that wants more. And I don't believe is that they want to receive more, but they want to give more, to do more, to be involved and active more. For those of you who believe this is the desire to be involved more and who want to be involved, I highly recommend speaking with your pastor or your small group leader if you have them in church to see about what needs you could have and help. Try and volunteer. See where they need people and be there. God can easily be guiding you to fill a need that others are oblivious to. My fiance's church had a situation where someone saw that the youth needed a way to apply what they had learned, so they got involved with their community. And my fiancé has told me so many stories about how the people have been impacted by this. The youth, who are part of the ministry, saw the Bible come alive, and it became so much more of an impact for them. And for the people who received assistance, they're receiving the true love of God for the first time in a long while. God gives each of the members of the church their own set of gifts, and that means we are all able to operate in different areas. As we grow in our relationship with God, we'll activate those gifts, provide us with guidance for where we are to serve in our own church fellowship. For more on gifts, go back to the Iberian, because I talked about that briefly. And until next time. I hope this was an encouragement to you all who listened to this. Or I stay in Tennessee, and please forgive my horrible southern accent. I hope y'all got something from this. If you laughed, go ahead. 
I'm trying to have something to laugh at with you guys. But anyways, until next time, courage and Godspeed.